Thank you for joining us online as well. It is so cold, so cold. I, I have some good news. There is not a mosquito in the state of Iowa. <laughs> Praise God. That is the good news. The bad news is maybe we wish there was. <laughs> oh, mosquito, 20, palm tree, you know, whatever. But uh, this tis the season to be freezing. Hallelujah. But thank you for joining us online. If you're online, will you go ahead and hit like the like button or the love button or make a comment? The more that you do, the more that it gets out there. Also, we want to know that you're actually watching. Um, so uh, click a button there and let us know that you are um, on, online, wherever you're at, at home or wherever you are. Just go ahead and click on there and uh, let us know you're watching. It'd be awesome. And if you're in the house today, it's good to see you. I'm glad that you uh, were able to get here. What do they call you? The frozen chosen or the... Uh, or the, the Winter Warriors, or uh, I don't know, whatever a lot of pastors have said before. What'd you say? Free the free freezing. The freezing free. How about that? I'm going to flip that. It sounds better. The freezing free. Hallelujah. Amen. You are free from your house. The last couple days, my goodness, I said to my wife, I said, it feels like frozen COVID, right? <laughs> we are stuck inside and we've gone nowhere. I am so thankful to be somewhere than my house. I love my house. It's a blessing. But I don't know if you're like me. I get a little stir crazy. Not that I haven't left, but that I can't, right? That I'm not going anywhere. Anybody like that? Amen. Welcome out. Amen. I can't. Oh, look at that. There I am. Hallelujah. Okay. Do me a favor here. First off, my name is Pastor Harris. I'm the lead pastor here at First Open Bible, and it's so uh, good to have you. Also, thank you, tech team, uh, for all that you're doing, so that way we can get it out to the people and also um, uh, help them with the sound. Thank you, worship team, uh, for all that you do. Thank you, uh, kids leaders as well. Uh, that is so wonderful that they're here to watch our kids, so that way we can uh, be in the church house. It's a blessing. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Amen. And uh, I don't know if our snowplow Mike is going to watch, but thank you, Mike. I, this is the most I've ever seen you in our parking lot. Man, that guy, five or six times at least in the last three or four days, he has done his very best to do what he can so that way we can have church this morning safely. So he has done a wonderful job, and uh, that is an absolute horrible job. I would hate that. All hours of the night pushing snow around. I'd probably cry this whole way. <laughs> Why do I live here? What am I doing? Right? I just... But maybe I get right with God. It's like that. Just like that. He just come right into my truck and uh, heal me. Amen. Well, okay, a couple things. Go ahead and get out your uh, Bible app if you have it. Um, we're going to do something that we did like last week. If you have version, hopefully you have the version Bible app. Uh, Pastor Mark does this uh, on his Wednesdays when he teaches uh, at least once a month. Get on version, your Bible app, and you're going to go ahead and go down to the more section. It's on, it's on the very bottom. Uh, there's three little lines or three stripes. You click on that um, little button that says more, and when you see that, you're going to go to events. If you find events, um, you're going to click on that. Find our church, First Church of the Open Bible. It's under our, our legal name, uh, the really long First Church of the Open Bible, and you're going to click on that, and there should be... Uh, your notes for today. It's a great way to follow along and also uh, know what we're talking about today. Uh, I want to also tell you, which I forgot to say last week, is when you're done taking notes and you're all the way done, on the top right is a button that says save. If you 
click that button, save, you will save these notes moving forward. If you don't click that button, you might lose that uh, in the future. So uh, let me say that again. Get on your Version Bible app. Go to More, which is usually in the bottom section. Uh, you're going to click on that. Go to Events, and you're going to find our church right there, First Church of the Bible. If you're at this location, it'll probably pop up very first right there on the top. If not, you might have to search for it or type it in, and you'll find us. Once you click on that, take some notes today and hit the Save button. Okay? If you're there, say, Okay. Praise God. Okay, let's, let's get right into the sermon this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our monthly series titled Reset, Winning the War in Our Mind. Was anybody blessed last week? Yeah. Amen. I mean, that was good, right? God is, I love how God just keeps pouring out. Can you imagine every single week, God is giving a new fresh message. He must love you greatly, huh? Amen. He, he must love you. He, he knows that he wants you to step closer to him each and every day. And so uh, I love uh, that we have an opportunity to come together, as the Bible says, to not forsake the fellowship of the believers and uh, come together and be together so we can hear God's word. And faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God, right? Amen. So sometimes, this is for you at home, sometimes you should read your Bible out loud. Seems simple. But they even say, if you read it, you say it, and you write it, you'll memorize it much greater than if you just read it, okay? Maybe read it out loud next time you're uh, reading your word today or this week. Try it, because faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Anybody want their faith built up today? Amen. Put your hand in the air like you care. Hey, right? Hey, okay, cool. That's weird, but I'm glad you did it. Praise God. So I don't even know how many people we have in here today, but it's good. It feels like a, a super Wednesday, and we moved over here, except over the fellowship hall. But I am so glad that you're here. God has a good word. This is going to be um, a word straight from his word, but it's also going to be extremely practical. Anybody like to be practical? Okay, I, I've read some studies lately, and a lot of people leave church or, or don't have anything to do with church because constantly they hear stories in church, but they're like, well, how does that apply to me now? right? Do you know the word? Everything in the word will apply to you right now, or something in the word will apply to you right now all the time. And it's important that people preach from the pulpit, that, that they preach things from God's word, not their own opinion, but God's word that applies to your life right now. And today is definitely one of those days. So are you ready? Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm ready. I'm ready. God has a practical amazing word that will, I believe it, if you follow this, it will transform not only your mind, but your life. Does anybody have some thoughts that sometimes get out of control? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Now you look back at him and say, take off your robe, judge. Okay. Hallelujah. Leave the judging to the Lord. Amen. Pastor sets me up and then he makes fun of me. That's rude. Okay. Season the tension, baby. Okay. Do you long to break free from some of the spiral thinking and the destructive thinking that you have? So let's let God's truth become our battle plan. It's a battle plan to win the war that is in our minds. See, God has something better for your life than the old ways that you've been thinking. It's time to change your mind so God can change your life. Now, transformation begins with renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2 says this. In the NLT, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. 
Think, think if the church would stop doing that. If we stop, people in the church house would stop uh, copying the behaviors and the customs of the world. I think people outside the church house would want to know what's going on in the church house. You don't act like me. You don't treat me like I treat you. You don't act and think these ways that the world does. See, that's what we're supposed to be like. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? He says right here, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Once your mind is changed the way that you think, you're going to know and learn God's will for you, which is good, it's pleasing, and church, it's perfect. That's what his word says. Amen? Amen. See, last week was a good kickoff to our new series, and I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this series this month. I need to win some wars in my mind. Amen? I'd like to win them all. I believe many people are going to get their thought life back. I, th- I believe it. I wouldn't prepare for hours and hours and hours and get in, in, in prayer and, and, and get on my computer and, and open the word if I didn't believe it. I believe, I truly believe this month and moving forward, people are going to get their thought life back. I do believe it. If you believe it online, man, just hit. I believe it too. I want my thought life back. I believe people are going to make it obedient to Christ. Why? So they can start to live out God's truth. How was your week, church? Anybody? How was your week? Can you tell me? Is that right? That's good. Crazy? That's real. Anybody else? Wild? I heard wild. That's good. Snowy, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> How, okay, let me ask this. How's your mind and your heart doing? How is your mind and your heart this week? Better. Praise God. Anybody else? Be real. In church, we need to be real, okay? Right? Snow fight? Still fighting. Okay, I was like, snow fight? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> snow fighting with the devil. <laughs> Put his face in some of this, man. F-15 below, baby. <laughs> That's right. Adam and Eve and you did this. Yeah. yeah. Under my feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel better. Oh. It's not always right, but sometimes it feels good to blame somebody else. Amen. I blame the devil for the white demon. Hallelujah. That's not your neighbor, that's the snow, okay? So what you know. <laughs> Moving on, hallelujah. So how's your mind and heart? How are they doing? How are they doing this morning? How are they doing? Doing okay? All right, I'd like to get personal. You guys okay with that? So this week was a hard one for me, personally. Mentally and emotionally, I had a hard week. I did. So I want to ask you a question. Have you ever made some really dumb and irrational decisions before? Y'all laughing, okay. If you're laughing, that's you, okay. Have you ever made some dumb and irrational decisions before? If that's you, say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. If you didn't say anything, you a liar. (laughs) I'm sorry, you're not a liar. You lying. You lying, but you're not a liar. I'm not going to label you that. 
Have you ever done something you didn't want to do and you look back and go, why did I do that? Yeah? Told you you're going to get real and practical. For instance, you want to be nice to a loved one and the next thing you know, you're yelling at them. If you were married, you say amen to that. <laughs> or maybe you want to save some money. And the next thing you know, you find yourself shopping. Amen. Amen. Be free, brother. Be free. Or you want to trust God with something, but instead you worry and you worry and you worry and you worry and you worry. Has that ever happened to you? It does me from time to time, and some of these things happened to me this week. It makes me wonder sometimes, why is it that we want one thing, but we decide to do something completely different? Why do we behave so irrationally? As the Grinch would say, what is the deal, right? What is the deal? I'm feeling, what is the deal? Sometimes we act so irrational. What is the deal? So the Apostle Paul, he's one of the wisest followers of Jesus Christ that has ever lived. He wrote most of our New Testament. The Apostle Paul, he dealt with this issue as well, believe it or not. He wrote about it in Romans chapter 7, and in verse 15, this is what it says. So Romans is a, is a book that was written uh, to some people that were in that area, the, the Romans, right? These are the, he wrote a lot of the stuff in the New Testament to specific people or churches, to what's going on right then, but it was also inspired by the Holy Spirit because it is the Word of God. It's the perfect Word of God. So it's not only for those people at that time, it's also for us right now. And it will be for all the generations that come after us as well and all the ones that were before us. And this is what the Apostle Paul says, super duper wise follower of Jesus says this in Romans 7.15. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He says, the things that I want to do, I don't. He says, the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. I keep doing things I hate, or I know that are wrong. He almost sounds crazy. But don't we all relate with him from time to time? Amen? Why is it sometimes we behave so irrationally? And here's the reason. It's because in our minds we often have some wires that are crossed. If you are with us last week, we talked about the neural pathways that take uh, place in our brain. In other words, every time you think a thought, you create a new pattern or a new thought or a new pathway it's kind of like every time you think those things, you're creating a mental trail for your mind to go. Now, you need to know that your thoughts wire or program your brain. It's true. Let me give you an example. Anybody ever trained a puppy before? Okay. Some poo-poo and pee-pee in your house. Anybody got, yeah? Trained a puppy? Okay, you say a command and you show the puppy what to do. You know, sit. This is what we do, sit. And our dogs know, sit. Or you say, come, come. Or heal, right, heal. And they come over. 
But when you show a puppy what to do and they do it over and over again, before long, the puppy starts to recognize the command and knows what to do afterwards. And this is because the puppy's brain has created a neural pathway that says, when that command happens, I do this reaction. I do this afterwards. And you know what, church? It's the same thing with us. A situation happens, you react a certain way, and you get an end result. If you do this again and again and again, you have a new neural pathway that is created. When you think a thought in repetition, our brain creates a new neural pathway. And the more we think the thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. Right? If you think a certain way, next time something like that happens again, you'll probably think that certain way. And the more that you do that, that is the way you're actually going to start thinking. See, the more you do it, the more dominant that thought or action becomes. You have now programmed your brain and you've created a mental trail for your mind to follow. Now, this is really, really good news. This is actually great news. If that dominant thought is a thought of truth. But this is really bad news if that dominant thought is a lie. So why do we behave so irrationally? Many times it's because we have some wires in our minds that are crossed. Let's review from last week's sermon, okay? High level. Our mind is a battlefield. I mean, right? It's just like going crazy. I mean, it's just, sometimes it's a mess. Yeah. More of life's battles are won or lost in our mind. We were just talking to our son about this the other day, and I was telling somebody else, I can't remember who it was, and I, I played basketball from fourth grade uh, through college, and, and one thing I remember, you know, even in college, we went to a little Bible college, and our team was pretty terrible, and we lost a lot, okay? I'm, I'm going to be real. That's truth, right? But we, we did win some, but most of the time, we, you know, we were, we were that team that everyone looked forward to playing. <laughs> uh. It's hard when you, you play on a college where they barely give out any scholarships to the colleges that give out tons of them. But uh, anyway, but I remember thinking this. Before we even went into a game, if your mindset is that you are going to lose, guess what will happen? You're going to lose. But if you go into a mindset set, we're going to go all in. We've practiced all week. We, we, are, we are ready to play. I don't care how big they are, how bad they are. If we play a team game today and we play our strategy that we've been practicing, we can win this game. I don't care what their record is. We can win this game. See, that's why I love March Madness. Every game is a new game and it don't matter what the records are. It is, it is literally called March Madness for a reason. But a lot of times the mentality that you go in with will determine if you win or lose. You're going to already lose if you already walk in thinking that you're a loser. Not always are you going to win walking into a situation thinking you're a winner. But I guarantee it, most times you will never ever win if you think that you are going to lose. Because most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. And if you change your mind, God will change your life. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage world or war as the world does. See, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, 
arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, and what do we do? We make it obedient to Christ. We make it obedient to the Word of God. So what's a stronghold? A stronghold is a wrong pattern of thinking. A stronghold is a place where the wires in our brain have crossed. Therefore, we're called by God to demolish all arguments and every pretension, to demolish and every wrong crossed wire that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We're called to take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. Amen? Okay, we're on the same page? Cool, then we can move forward. If we're not, you're going to be stuck here. So why does every thought matter? Pastor Craig Rochelle says it best. He says that every thought matters, quote, because this reason, quote, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, end quote. Let me say his quote again. Quote, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, end quote. Think about that for a second. Is that true? Is that true for you? Have you been there, done that, in it now? Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what comes into your mind tends to come out of your life. If you don't control what you think, you'll never be able to control what you do. You can't be mentally unhealthy and spiritually healthy at the same time. Let me say that one again. Right? A lot of people coming into church thinking they're spiritually healthy, but your, your mind is a hot mess. And you think that I just say praise God and, and uh, I say I'm blessed is going to actually change the situation. You have to both be mentally healthy and spiritually healthy to be healthy. So you can't be mentally unhealthy and spiritually unhealthy at the same time. Church, you can't think right or act right when the wires in your mind are crossed. That's why we find ourselves at times like the Apostle Paul, Romans 7.15. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. See, when your wires are crossed, you will do what you don't want to do, and you won't do what you want to do, and you will act irrational. Anybody agree with that? Today we're going to create some personal tools. And before this series is over, we're going to keep building on those personal tools. Why? Because you, if you can change your mind, church, you can change your life. Okay? Here's the question of the day. Ready? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Amen. Here's the question of the day. How do you train your mind? How do you train your mind? With coffee. No, that's an addiction. Okay. <laughs> that's an addiction, brother. <laughs> if you need coffee to function, you need set free. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's everyone's Nicorette or something. I don't know. Okay, anyway, moving on. Nicotine. Okay. Coming from a guy who doesn't drink coffee. I get it. Okay. 
Judge not. Moving on. Uh, feeling better? I feel better. Okay. Last week, we thought about what we think about. Remember that? Pastor, man, I really had to use my mind last week. Yeah, you did. And how we think about, we also talked about how we think about what we think about. It's not just what we think about, but it's also how we think about what we think about. Did that get you thinking? Anybody was thinking about what they were thinking about this week? Raise your hand if you were thinking. Amen. Most people. Praise God. Today, let's talk about this. How do you train your mind? Training, God has called all of us to take care of our bodies, our earthly temples. You know, this, this body will not last forever. But while we have it, we're called to take care of it. It's in God's word, right? What's the temple of the Holy Spirit? Go ahead and say it. I don't know, Pastor. Open your lips when you talk. <laughs> okay, what is the temple of God? Where's the Holy Spirit? Your body. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has made you brand new. You are now the temple of God. You now carry the Holy Spirit everywhere that you go, okay? You are the temple. You are the Holy Spirit. That's why we can meet outside. We won't. Oh, no, we will not. Not right now. But anywhere we go, the church goes because, and, and God goes because God is living inside of us, okay? But we have this body that God has given us and we're called to take care of it the best we can. See, when I was younger, I was much better at taking care of my physical body. Maybe you're like me. I thought, training your body is all about exercise. Man, I would run, walk, jump, play basketball. I'd do sit-ups, push-ups, lift weights. I'd do all kinds of stuff. I thought taking care of your body was all about what you do with your body. But then I got into my mid-30s, and I'm still eating anything that I wanted and I discovered quickly that training isn't only about what you do with your body. Training is also about what you put into your body as well. You hear me? About six or seven years ago, I was still pretty active. But six or seven years ago, my pants and my shirt started shrinking. You can blame the dryer as long as you want, but... There comes a time you hit reality and you say, I went up a size, ah, what has happened? See, I kept doing the same bad habits by putting anything I wanted in my pie hole, right? Anything into my temple, I just kept on eating like I was 20. I remember this, uh, this phrase, you are what you eat. Anybody remember that? Man, it makes a lot more sense in my low, 30, or my low 40s. <laughs> How about you? I love candy. Candy. There, the banqueting table, he's going to put me at the kids' table, right? I'm going to be eating the candy and all the sweets and treats. I'm like, ah, this is heaven. Hallelujah. And I'll still have like an eight-pack. It's going to be cool because you get a new body. Hallelujah. Amen. See, church, this is such a good illustration of our mind. It's not just how you've been thinking. It's also about what you put into or you pour into your mind as well. It's not just what you do with it. It's also what you put into it. 
So there's this book in the New Testament called Philippians. It was written to this church that was located in, in an area called Philippi. So these Philippians are a Philippian church, like we'd be the Cedarapians um, or whatever church, right? If we were the only church that served Jesus in this town. Uh, so the Apostle Paul was writing to this church, and it's called, the, it's called Philippians. It's a, it's a whole letter to the Philippian church. And the Apostle Paul, he was writing this letter. Do you remember where he was writing it from? When he was writing it, before he sent it, he was sending it to them. But where was he writing it? In prison. Exactly right, right? The Apostle Paul was writing this letter from a Roman prison. He was locked up, and do you know he was waiting trial, and in trial was his possible execution. That's a scary place to be in life. Not only physically and emotionally in a prison, but also mentally. I love what he says in Philippians chapter 4. It's the big number. Little number 8 is the verse. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this, right? He's writing this from prison to a group of people serving the Lord the best that they know how. And this is what he says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Apostle Paul said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Here's what he didn't say. God, you have failed me. I'm in a prison. Where are you now? I'm going to die and all things are terrible. My life's a mess and you are to blame. See, when Paul could have thought terrible thoughts in a prison cell, he could have also said terrible things as well, but church, he didn't. No, he instead said from a Roman prison, one final thing, fix your thoughts. They weren't in prison with him. See, Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true, fix your thoughts on what is honorable, fix your thoughts on what is right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Church, fix your thoughts. Paul didn't say, fix your thoughts on the worst-case scenario. I'm going to say that again, because I don't know about you, but I do that sometimes. Paul did not say, fix your thoughts on the worst-case scenario. He did not say, fix your thoughts on what you hate, or fix your thoughts on what you're afraid of, or what could go wrong. No, he wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, for people 2,000 years ago, and for people today, in this frozen tundra we call Cedar Rapids, he said, fix your mind or fix your thoughts on what is good. He said, think about things that are excellent. Church, think about things that are worthy of praise. Wow. That really hit me this week. Have you ever been in prison waiting for your death sentence? Maybe you're online right now and they gave you a phone and you're able to watch. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe you're going to watch this later after it's recorded and put out into the world. I've never been in prison waiting for a death sentence, but Paul has. And he somehow found an incredible way to think from a position that God wants us to think from. 
A position where we get our mental wires uncrossed. Amen? So your mind needs to uncross the wires that you have been programmed to believe. They need to uncross these wires that you have believed in something that is a lie. And you need to focus on, you need to fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your mind on the things of God because if you don't, your mind will start to drift to an unhealthy place. Yeah? It's part of the reason why I hated COVID. Absolutely hated COVID. And I say COVID, but it's still around, I guess. But because we're all shut up in our houses. We were separated. That's exactly what the enemy wanted. That's what he wants. He wants you to be separated. He doesn't want you coming to church. He doesn't want you coming to be around people because you might hear the truth. You might be loved the right way. You, you might build your faith up. You might rub shoulders, and when you say something stupid, they'll say, hey, that's kind of stupid. Here's the truth. Because they love you. But that's exactly what happens when we're alone with our mind. If we don't get it handled, our mind starts to drift to an unhealthy place. Just like when I don't work out and I don't eat healthy, my body starts to drift to an unhealthy place. And all I got left is stretchy pants and, and hoodies. I don't know if you guys watch movies or not. Then you look like Fat Thor. Remember that? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I laughed so hard when I saw Fat Thor. I was so good. Moving on. <laughs> That was me, not the Lord, okay? I was just, I was get out of here, right? You remember that? That was so funny, okay. That was a big squirrel, yeah. See, when our minds start to drift to something that is untrue, they drift to the worst case scenarios. When our minds start to drift to something that's not true, we start to drift to our insecurities, our fears, and lies from the devil. And that's when our wires get crossed. And God wants us to learn and to meditate, to fix our thoughts on his truth, to focus and train our brains on his word. God wants us to get our wires uncrossed. You want to do that this morning? Three people. Awesome. Anybody else want to do that with us? That's four, five, seven, eight, nine, twelve, I think. If you want to do it online, say, man, I want to do that online today. I want to get my wires uncrossed. Type something on there so we know you're still listening. Okay, we're going to try a mental exercise to get our, this morning. That, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do a mental exercise. You good? Yeah? Okay, cool. This exercise, it's going to take work, and it's not going to be easy. But it will be life-changing. This exercise, if it's done correctly and done a good amount of time, it's going to not only grow your thoughts, it's going to grow your reactions, and it's going to grow your relationship with God as well. This exercise, it's going to have to be repeated over and over and over again so you can create a new neuro pathway, right? You're going this way, and God wants you to go this way. You're going to have to create a new path in your mind. You're going to have to train your brain with God's holy word. You good? You ready? ready. If you're ready, sound ready. ready. Okay, first question is this. It's from last week because you got to know this. Can't move on if you don't know this. First question is from last week. What an unhealthy stronghold is holding you back? 
Number one, the biggest one. What unhealthy stronghold in your mind, in your life right now is holding you back? If you got it, say, I got it. If you say you got it, put online, I got it. We can't move on if you don't got step one. Let me talk a little bit about it, get some people to think about it. You got to think, what is that big one? And every one of us has it. Last week, we did this. We identified the biggest stronghold, the biggest wrong mindset that is holding you hostage. You got to identify where your wires are crossed in your brain. See, it could be a lie. You could be believing a lie. It could be a mindset from your background or your childhood. It could be what someone has said or done to you that you've believed. It could be that you believed that you can never be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, or you don't deserve a good life, a good job, or a good family, etc., etc. What is the dominant stronghold thought that you have mentally in your mind that has crossed your wires? Okay, that's the first part. If you have it, say, I have it. Okay, wonderful. Number two is this. Now I want you to answer this question. What spiritual truth from God demolishes that stronghold? Okay, think about it. What from God, it could be high level, even a word, right? I got, I, I'm so full of fear. Well, I need the love of God. I need the truth of God. I need the faith of God to break that. Whatever that fear is, depends. Or, or you believe these lies that someone has said to you or done to you, and then you need to go, but, but what I need is to know who I am, who God thinks I am. I'm so concerned about what these people have said about me or what they've done to me or, or um, maybe my past or um, maybe it's uh, something I've believed because my parents labeled me this or my friends labeled me that or I failed at this thing. And, but what does God say you are? Who does God say you are? Okay, if you have it, say, I've got it. I've got the truth. Okay, once you have it, now we can move on. Now here's what we're going to do. Okay, that's from last week. You got the, long, the big stronghold, the big lie, the big thing that's going on, and then you have God's truth, okay? A lot of times that's great to have that. But what do I do with this? I know this is the problem, and I know this is the answer, but how do I marry these so that way the truth can, over, can override the lies or the pain or the hurt or the wrong mindsets or the bad cycles? How do I do that? That's what we're going to do today. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the truth and we're going to turn it into a mental weapon. A weapon that is empowered by the inspired word of God. There's two major weapons the devil uses in our lives. Two major ones he uses. He uses lies and he uses doubt. And our greatest counter weapon against Satan is what? Jesus did it in the wilderness. God's truth, his word. This is what the Bible says in, in Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. See, stop right there. It is sharper, and at this time, that was the, the best, biggest, most powerful weapon. There was not guns. There were not these things that we have now, no bazookas, right? No tanks, no A-bombs, no whatever. There's none of that. This was the sword, was the, the best weapon at this time. And it says that God's word is sharper than the best weapon we've ever known in mankind. And what does it do? It says cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint 
and morrow. And I love this, okay? We sometimes skip this. What does it do? It exposes our innermost thoughts. It exposes our innermost desires. Praise God. Church, fighting back is not just reading the Bible. It's believing the Bible. Church, it's time to take back our mind and make it obedient to Christ. We're going to get into God's word and renew our mind, and this is what we're going to, how we're going to do it. Two words. Truth, declaration. We're going to renew our minds with a truth declaration. Now, a biblical declaration simply speaks forth God's truth, right? We've said it before. I've said it many, many, many times that this is the gift, Mike. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit because they're in the Word of God. And what do they do? They build up, edify, and encourage the body. And a lot of times, it says tongue interpretation is equal to prophecy. And what is prophecy for? Build up, encourage, and to speak truth, maybe not as it is right now, but the way that God wants it to be in the future, right? Speak to things as they are not now, but that God wants them to be. It's the same thing with the truth declaration. A truth declaration builds your faith in God. It speaks of God's truth and demolishes the enemy's lies and helps you grow your faith in God. If you're at home, you got to pull some paper out. You got to go get something, go get a pen, get whatever you need. If you're in the church house, you got to grab something to write something on. If it's on your phone, if it's on paper, you got to write today. You, you must write today, unless you're going to come back later and watch this and write at home and give some of this the thought. Otherwise, you will not be able to put forth a truth declaration that's going to move forward in your life, okay? So I want you to get ready for that. A truth declaration speaks God's truth and it demolishes the enemy's lies and it helps you grow your faith in God. This morning, we're going to make a formal announcement to the lies of the enemy in our life and the wires that are crossed in our brains. God's truth will begin to reign in the biggest area the devil reigns right now. Soon, Satan will flee from you and this stronghold will be demolished. Anybody with me? You feeling that? Mm. Right? Okay, I, have a, I used to do this with the youth kids, okay? I used to be the youth pastor here like eight-ish eight years ago, seven and a half years ago, whatever. Will you grab a Bible real quick? I'm probably not going to remember exactly how I said it, but I'm going I'm to do it. Grab a Bible real quick. Put it in your hand. I want, I want, I want us to remind ourselves and the enemy what this is. And then we're going to move forward. We're going to get right into the practical stuff. Put your Bible in the air. And say after me. This is the word of God. This is the sword. And I will cut you down. And I will kill you. Devil. Take this. That's it. That's it. We used to do that a lot. I love it. That's, that's the French people. Okay. That's the way I saw it. Anyway, moving on. You are loco. Okay. Moving on. That is Spanish. I told you it's a war in your mind. Y'all just getting a piece of it. I'm telling you, if you get in here, you're going to come out changed, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Amen. Moving on. You ready? Okay. We're going to fua the devil today, even our own minds. This personal mental exercise is going to change your mind so God can change your life. You got your notes out? Okay. All right. First thing's this. First thing's first. It's got to be God's word. That's always the first thing, right? Once you know Jesus, the next thing is you got to know his word. You got to know him. You got to know the real truth. First things first, God's word. Our hearts are going to settle on a scripture here in a moment so we can write out some truth about that scripture. I want you to ask God right now while I'm talking to say, God, I need you to reveal to me, Holy Spirit, I need you to reveal, reveal to me the right verse that is going to be presented this morning that's going to help me build my truth declaration and change and rewire, uncross these wires in my mind. God, I need you to reveal that, right? I need not only a scripture, I need a specific truth from that scripture. Truth that will demolish the stronghold that is in your life. I don't want you just to write something, okay? Don't write something. Really, I want you to think about it. Maybe, maybe some of you will get it in here today, but maybe some of you will go back home or you'll go somewhere else and you're really gonna think about it. You're gonna meditate on it and you're gonna let it be born out of God's word and you're gonna build a truth declaration that's gonna help take back those thoughts, take captive the things and destroy the lies of the enemy today, okay? Now, this truth declaration, it doesn't have to be very long, Two, four sentences, something like that. Two to four sentences is long enough. Don't go more than eight because a lot of you will start talking it and saying it and things like that. And, and it's, it's hard to memorize if you go bigger and deeper uh, with it. So you're going to make something, make a proclamation, break, uh, uh, say, speak something truth. And it has to be something that you're going to say enough times that you're really going to know it, right? I love when the Bible says this. I've taken God's word and I've hidden it in my heart, right? Why, why do you hide it in your heart? Because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. What's in your heart will come out of your mouth. And a lot of times in, in ancient culture, when they said heart, they also meant mind, right? They're interchangeable a lot of times. Like I think with my heart, you think with your feelings or think with your mind. Sometimes it was interchangeable. The Romans helped kind of break and uh, uh, the Greeks and the Romans, they helped focus more on our brain. But, but so you hide it in God, the God's word in your heart. You hide it in your mind because what's in your mind and what's in your heart, your mouth will speak. You good? Understand? Okay. Okay, once we write this, we're gonna think on it. After we think on it, we're gonna confess it out loud. And we're gonna do that until we believe it. This is how you renew your mind and uncross your wires. How do I know that? Because that's how you got in this place. That's how you got into this situation in the first place. Right? Something happened where you thought about it and then you confessed it or somebody else confessed it and then you believed it. We're gonna do the same thing with God's word and it's gonna break the lies of the enemy. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna pick a scripture we're going to write a truth declaration. Then we're going to think on it, confess it until we believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Amen? Uncross your wires, church. Okay, you need God's scripture to build a truth declaration. So I'm going to help you this morning. Um, right now, um, there's going to be a stronghold that you're going to think about, right? 
and we're gonna, we're gonna take God's truth and we're gonna speak to that stronghold and demolish it. Um, Brent, feel free to come when you can and just play like real quiet under me for a little bit. We're gonna have like 15-ish minutes to kind of like do this. Um, but if you wanna write your truth declaration, do that too. Feel free to, you know, whatever you feel. I'm, I'm good at that. Okay, um, so our tech lead, Josh, he helped write these with me. Uh, I sent him the information. He made these slides, which I'm so appreciative, Josh, for you doing that for me. Um, and, uh, and this is the reason why we're gonna do this in just a second. We're gonna ask God which one of these Bible verses is gonna help us build our truth declaration. So if you put up the first slide, that'd be great. This has to do with building, okay? Go ahead and put that first slide up. Okay, cool. See, it says, if you're dealing with trust, here's one verse. Now, each one has two or three verses for each section on what you're, what you're uh, dealing with, okay? Here's a great one, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Here's the next one, Proverbs 3, 6. Oh, sorry, that, that's, that's together. This is together. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So that's one section. If you're dealing with trust, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Here's another uh, opportunity for you to write down. This is uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their home and went faster than I could read. I'm going to read it from here. Hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deeper into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat, right? The heat of life. Or worried about long months of drought, the things that feel like drought in your life. The leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So that's just two opportunities for you. If you're dealing with trust, if that's your big monster, that's your, your big um, uh, stronghold, here's some two things. Now let's move on to the next one. If you're dealing with fear, here's some for you. I got two verses for you. Number one is Isaiah 40.10. And I think Isaiah's doing this right now. Thank you, Isaiah. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. This is God speaking to you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Another verse is this, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God not, has not given us a spirit of fear, I love this, and timid, uh, timidity, but, the, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Another version says, or a sound mind. Come on. Okay? I got two more sections of people dealing with stuff. If you're dealing with self-doubt and or depression, here are three verses for sections of scripture for you. Psalm 37, four says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Right? First Samuel 16, seven says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things, ooh, come on, the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want to stop there right, real quick. This is what I felt like. There's people in the house today or even online that you have believed what other people think about you, the lies of the enemy of what people have done to you, and you've, 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 you've taken that label that they have given you, and you've run with it, and you've made it an identity. But God doesn't look at the outward appearance. 
He looks at your heart. And what does God say about your heart? What does God say about who you really are? That's for somebody in the house today. That's your verse, somebody. All right, let's keep moving on. Jeremiah 29, 11, and not just the t-shirt, but also number 12, okay? Jeremiah 11, 29, 11, and 12. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes we stop there, but I love this. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Why, why did I put that in there? Some of y'all have depression and you have self-doubt because you feel like God is not listening, but he is. The truth is, he is. When you pray, he listens, okay? And when he listens, you don't always know or always experience or understand what's happening, but guess what? He has plans for you, and they're good, and they're not of disaster. That's the world, and to give you a future and a hope. That's truth, okay? Last one is this, okay? Last section. If you're dealing with addiction or wrong cycles, there are three sections of Scripture I want you to look at. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I love it. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Can we park there for a second? That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Man, what I'm going through, nobody ever, ever been like this. Nobody's ever thought these thoughts. No one's ever done this terrible thing. No one's ever been this dirty, this nasty, this dumb, this whatever. Nobody's ever been there. That ain't truth. The temptations in your life, right? Nobody's ever walked through what I've had to walk through. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience in church, and God is faithful. <laughs> he will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, come on, he will show you a way out so you can endure. That's good. Let's move on. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. The reason why I wrote this, I felt the Holy Spirit say this. A lot of people are in wrong cycles because you got the wrong friends. You got the, you got the wrong things coming into your ears. It's not about exercise. It's also about what I put in, right? It's not only about the way I think. It's about what I let myself have inside and I think about. It's also what I put in. Some of y'all got just... Just, it is a mess, right? Your friends are a mess. People talk to you are a mess. They're always negative. They're always this and that. And, and you start believing these things. You're going to start acting like your friends. When I was a youth pastor, I don't know, I'm going, I keep going to this youth pastor thing. I used to say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Also this, show me your friends, I'll show you your fears. Right? Some people in here, or maybe even online, that... that you got bad company and it's corrupting your good character and God wants you to cut that out. But, but, but I love them, but I love them. Yeah, yeah, but a yeast works its way through the whole dough, right? You keep allowing these things to happen. Still love them, but, but you got to protect what you allow them to let into you, right? Like I, I got a lot of people around me that aren't always kind or, or, or good for me and I got to protect myself to allow what I allow into my heart, but I'm still going to love you. It just might be from a further distance, okay? Last one is this, James 4, 6, and 7. And he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you have an addiction and you can't break it, let me tell you why. You love that more than you love God. You love it more than you love God. You lie to yourself and you say, that's not true. You also love it more than you love yourself. ruining your life and the Bible says if you humble yourself God graciously gives generously you a way out he, he will help you with his grace so you can resist the devil so you can resist these things of the world you can resist this addiction or this mindset why and the last part says when he does that that way it will flee from you So let me say this, and I want to speak life to you. I want to prophesy to you. I want, I want to speak God's truth to you. Because I want you to start writing some of this stuff down. Okay? So the first thing is this. you got to have a scripture. Okay? Well, I'm sorry. First thing is this. What's the lie? What's the stronghold? What's the truth? What truth, this truth here, what, what scripture says that truth? What marries together these two things so I can attack the lie of the enemy? Once you have that, you got to have that scripture, you got to have that section, you got to have God's truth, his, his word, his proclamation, what he says. Have that, now we're going to attack the lie. So once you have that, this is what you have to do. you got to start writing the truth out of that scripture. Um, let me just use an example. If you have fear, I'm going to look at Isaiah 40.10. This is an example. I didn't... I didn't plan this, so I'm going to see how this comes out. It says, do not be afraid, for I'm with you. My proclamation is going to say, or my, my um, uh, thing that we're doing today, the, the truth declaration is going to say this. I am not afraid because God is with me. So you take God's scripture and you make it personal to you, right? Don't manipulate it to get what you want. Take it and make it personal, okay? Don't be afraid, for I am with you. I don't have to be afraid. Because God is with me. And then it says, don't be discouraged for I'm your God. I will not be discouraged any longer because I have Abba Father or I have God. I have the one that says that he gives me his joy. I don't have to be discouraged because God is with me. Then the next section says, I will strengthen you and help you. When I am weak, that's when God is strong. God will strengthen me when I feel weak in life. Okay, and the last part says, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I'm in the palm of God's hand and that hand is victorious. I will not fail. I will not fall. I will not uh, fall apart. I will not no longer think these fear thoughts. I will know whatever. You made it personal. You just wrote that out. You have a scripture, Isaiah 40, 10. You read the scripture, you say the truth declaration, you say the, the truth promise, right? And you break it. You break that and you're gonna say it over and over and over again. I want you to find this scripture, find scripture that speaks to it, write a truth declaration. I want you to think on it, confess it until you believe it. Okay, write it, think it, confess it, you believe it when you do that you're going to change the neural pathways 
that have once went this way because of what you've believed or whatever trigger has happened or whatever thing that you've thought and God is gonna cut that off and say, now you go this way, right? Let let me be a little bit more uh, intentional, right? You keep thinking this way when God keeps wanting you to think this way, okay? We think worldly thoughts. We think these broken things. We think these lies of the enemy and and it keeps leading to a lie, to a person, to a situation, to a past thing, when God says, ah, break that and let it lead to me, right? I want to say this, I'm going to come back. Because some of y'all never been to prison, but your mind has been a prison. You are stuck in your mind. And Paul says this, and I say this to you today. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's time to take back your mind and cross your wires and live in the truth. You got to write it, think it, confess it till you believe it. I'm going to read scripture, I'm going to prophesy to you, and I'm going to let you stay as long as you got to stay and write out that thing that God wants you to write today. Or if you're going to do it later, then, then do it later. But I want you to think about a truth declaration. Trust me, if you want your life to change, you got to start trying to change your life. by change, And the way you change your life is by the way you change the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. And you can't think a different way if you don't know God's truth and you don't proclaim God's truth. You're just going to keep believing the lies. What I, what I love is this. We read the scripture earlier. Do you know how I know that you can break this and other people in the world cannot? I mean, how many people you say go in and out of rehab over and over and over and over and over? They don't have an answer. In and out, in and out, in and out until something happens or, or something breaks. The, the reason why we can do what we do is because the weapons we fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have power to demolish strongholds and mindsets and fears and lies of the enemy. And we take them captive. And the Bible says in Romans 12 too, and you're not gonna copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but you're gonna let God transform you into a new person. How? By the way you think. It's gonna start today. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. See, once you know God's will for you, this is what's going to happen. You're going to know what is good and pleasing and what is perfect. Okay? Okay, this is how we're going to close. I'm going to speak some truth to you, okay? I got a lot of this out of um, this book that I'm reading from Craig Shell. So I'm going to repeat a lot of stuff that he said, and I kind of changed a few things on my end too to kind of make it more personal for you guys because, um, you know, I'm, I've been the shepherd here long enough to know and feel like I kind of know some of the things that you're battling. And part of the reason why I know that too is because I'm battling it as well, right? We live in the same area, right? Lord, I pray that the weather gets better and the heat comes up, God. We want to get outside and go places. But I thank you for the seasons, God. We ought to thank God for the seasons. I don't know what season you're in right now, but quit wishing for the next season and thank God for the one that you're in now because there are promises that God's gonna show you in this season. There are things that he has to do in this season and if he doesn't do them now, you won't be ready for the next. Amen? Amen. Okay? 
I'm going to say it one more time so that we have it. You got to have scripture, okay? Know the stronghold. Know the truth. Find the scripture that says that truth is truth. I want you to read that scripture. I want you to think about it. I want you to pull truth out of there that God says about you personally to build your truth declaration. Once you start doing that, you're gonna write the truth declaration. You're gonna think about it. You're gonna confess it. And you have to do this more than once, maybe multiple times a day. The more that you do it, the less you'll have to do it later. Why? Because once you write it, think it, confess it, you're gonna believe it. Okay? Let me speak to you. I'd have you stand, but some of you are writing. So just stay where you're at if you want to, or you can stand if you want to. This is how I'm gonna close. I'm gonna speak to you. You ready? Online, are you ready? You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You're not hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. They have power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God directing your steps. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. And he says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. And worry is not your master. When you trust God, his peace will guard your heart. It'll guard your mind and it will guard your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits because you are more than a conqueror. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. God is now your father and you are now his child. Your father will bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you have everything that you need. Everything you need to do and God has called you to do, you have. Nothing will separate you from the love of God, not death, not demons, not the present, not the past. No power on earth can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we love you. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is King Jesus. Father, I thank you for your truth. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word as it is alive and active. It is alive and active. And even today, it's gonna be more alive and active, not only in our lives, but in our minds. May you help us find scripture to write a truth declaration, to speak against the lies that we believe, those bad habits, that depression, whatever we have done, whatever we have gone through, whatever we have labeled and identified with, that is not of you, God. Help us think about things that are lovely, pure, and righteous. Help us think about things that are admirable and worthy of praise. I just speak forth right now 
those bad cycles, that wrong thinking is broken by the blood of Jesus right now. You are more than enough, God. And we're not going to sit here lazy and just let you do your thing, God. We're going to also take captive our thoughts because we're only in control of our thoughts. We're the ones responsible for what we think. And the way that we think comes out as actions. God, I pray that you change the way we think when we get into your word. Let us write it. Let's think about it, write it, confess it, and let us believe it. I thank you, God, for this practical thing that will change our life. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so intimate. Thank you for caring about each and every person here. Not only do you know our names, not only did you knit us together in our mother's womb, you know every hair on our head. You ever see every tear that falls. You know every thought that we have. You know, you know more than our thoughts. You know our intentions of why we thought what we thought. Purify it now. Purify it now. Wash it in your word. We love you. And we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, you can go ahead and stand if you want or keep writing your truth declaration. We love you. Be safe. Uh, Maybe there's a restaurant open. I don't know. But have a great day, and uh, we'll hope to see you on Wednesday. Amen.